Welcome to episode 182 of Auto Off Topic. Hello, Brad. Good evening, Andrew. So, uh, what's going on? Hello, Andrew. What's going on? Oh, the usual. We're here podcasting uh, remotely, doing our part. I mean, mm-hmm. we already were. Uh, the Auto Off Topic podcast is uh, compliant. <laughs> um. With social distancing, you know, if you listen to this, you probably don't have a lot of friends. So, right. Oh, that was mean. <laughs> they at least have us. They do. Um, speaking of like antisocial behavior, I saw for those, that list- the- for those listening to this 10 years in the future, we're recording this during the um, epic coronavirus scare. So that's the yes. uh, that's that's the, the for those who are going back in our back catalog ten years from now. When we're I hope so. One thousand. That's where we're at right now. Hence the the social distancing and the bad joke about our fans not having any friends because they obviously do because they're wonderful people. All right. Thanks for explaining all of it. Of course. Um, people listening to this this week will be angry that I explained it, but hey, it's for the future. Yeah. So speaking of antisocial behavior, the Diesel Brothers, <laughs> the pile of trash TV show about modifying diesel trucks, possibly on my Discovery f- Channel, possibly my favorite news story of the year so far. Uh, they were hit with an eight hundred fifty thousand dollar fine for tampering with emissions. More so than that, because they also were hit with one point two million in the other party's legal fees. Yeah, and they were told that they cannot get out of either by filing for bankruptcy or chapter 11 or anything. Mm-hmm. So they have to pay no matter what. And their whole, like one of their whole businesses is selling modified trucks. Yes. Modified in many ways, but importantly, defeating the emission system. Yeah, which doesn't really make them run better to just pour raw, all that, like a to roll coal... You're literally just pouring unburnt fuel out of your diesel truck. Yeah, pretty much. It's not very efficient. No, it doesn't really. It's not really making any more power, making your truck faster, just making it pollute more. Well, here's the thing. As car enthusiasts, we need to do everything in our power to not tick off non-car enthusiasts because we're an easy, low-hanging fruit as far as environmentalist targets go. You know, we're into race cars, which is unnecessary. We're into old cars, which are technically unnecessary. You know, we're into all these things that aren't exactly the most environmentally friendly things. Um, So if you're going to be a car enthusiast, regardless of what side of the political spectrum you fall on, your first note of business should be to not tick off the non-car enthusiasts. So I don't think that there's any reasonable person who would say, yeah, I'm going to defeat the emission system in my vehicle because it makes a statement. And that's exactly what they're doing. Well, you know what it comes from is in the 70s when the government forced all of them on them, cars and trucks were, were terrible. They, The emission systems really made vehicles bad. Like it, oh, vehicles for sure. Where the early emission systems were not Good. So now it's still people still operate under that thinking that emission systems are bad. When in reality, 
that's not true because they've made lots and lots of progress on emission systems. And we have vehicles from the factory that meet full emissions. The Dodge Demon Hellcat, whatever it is, that makes 800 horsepower right. on pump gas. So yeah. <laughs> with... <clears throat> Excuse me, with full emissions. So you can't tell me that emissions choke vehicles now. They do not at all. No. Like no, for it just sure. doesn't do anything to them. No. And it's and it's necessary because if you go back to photographs of big cities in the sixties and seventies, you could literally see the smog just hanging over the cities. So we've certainly done a good business in cleaning up the air quality. And again, I'm not saying that. You know, you should take every vintage car on the market and make it compliant to today's emission standards because the use case is so small. But when you're talking about a vehicle that was built with these emission systems in the modern era, like these diesel trucks, there's no reason to take it out and throw it in the trash. You're just willfully being an ass at that point. I like the part in the, it's an article on the drive and they talked about it was like a Utah physicians group for like clean air or something that went after them. Correct. And they they actually bought one of their trucks. Yeah. And they took it to a testing facility and found out how much it polluted and they used that as evidence against them. Which is pretty good. I mean, that's pretty much like they're probably stoked to sell that truck and then now it turns around and it bites them in the butt because they literally sold that truck without these emissions systems in them. I saw that one of the... Uh, uh, the diesel diesel dummies is that what they're called diesel bros diesel bros yeah that's it diesel yeah. brothers diesel, definitely diesel bros bro, bro truck bros i saw that one of the bro truck bros um made a appearance on the local news channel in utah trying to explain himself away that what he did really isn't that bad because in his mind by defeating the emission systems because after 10,000 miles, they're woefully inefficient. And by taking them out, it frees the truck up to run better and use less fuel. So that's how he's stating he did a good thing. That's literally what he said. Like, oh, after 10,000 miles, these things are junk and they're clogged up and they make the truck run inefficiently. So we take them out in order to make the truck run better. So it's actually better for the environment. Sure. Right. That's a uh, long grasp at a at an even longer straw, so he definitely didn't uh, did not sell his case pretty well. And basically, the news story just shows him under the truck pointing at you know a diesel particulate filter. But whatever, it's dumb. The show is dumb. I don't know why it's a, even a show. I don't know why Discovery Channel, the channel that is a science TV channel that teaches you science things or at least was back in its original inception, has ever been okay with having the Diesel Brothers on there. Because A, they're kind of talentless hacks. Um, and B, they're literally anti-environment, which the Discovery Channel should be pro-environment, I would think. So, whatever. But my favorite news story of the year so far, because I hate that show, I hate what they build, I hate bro trucks, I hate guys that belch black smoke. Um, it seems actually more common out here than it was back in Massachusetts uh, because I see them in traffic every day. You know, there's no laws. Yeah. There's no laws here against jacking your truck up 32 feet in the air, um, which, again, I don't have a real problem with. 
like whatever, build your truck your way. If you want to build a bro truck with, you know, 26 inch wheels with one inch wide, one inch tall tires, that's fine. I don't care. I don't like it. It's not my style, but I'm not gonna tell you not to build it that way. But when you actively make it worse for everybody else around you, then I get a pretty big problem with it. Mm-hmm. I'll put up with the tires that don't fit and they're throwing rocks all over all the cars behind them. It's annoying, but it's not, at the end of the day, hurting the the air quality that I have to breathe when I'm in traffic with you. So I probably see a truck, quote unquote, rolling coal here once a day. Just make your jet roll so. coal. It's definitely a good look. I mean, it easily, easily could. I could just delete all these same parts. And if you want to have a uh, a real good laugh at some actual trash behavior, take a look at the Jetta TDI or Volkswagen TDI Facebook page. Because yeah. it's, it's full of these chucklehead kids that couldn't afford a diesel pickup truck because so they buy a diesel Jetta and they make a hood dump exhaust and they make it spew black smoke all over their windshield to the point that their windshield is black. So whatever. It's just, sure. It's, it's stupidity. It's right up there with burble tunes. Get rid of it. It's essentially the same thing. It's the burble tune of the truck world. It's dumping, yeah, it is. dumping fuel into the exhaust. It's the same, same practice, different end result. And again, we're not talking about a car that pops on diesel. We're talking about a car that pops every time you hit the throttle. Um, yeah yeah just uh you know i i there's no secret i've modified my cars but um you know i put like new catalytic converters on them and i don't want them like running super rich because it's not good one you're wasting gas yeah Yeah, and you're not really getting the max power of it there's a there's a balance right where you're running just rich enough and not too lean, not too rich. Once you get that perfect tune, that's when the car runs the best. So, and that's why both your, your Talon and your Gallant both run air fuel gauges, and you have data logging, and you can you know modify your tune to make it work perfectly. Exactly. Not just make it dump fuel. Yeah. Super annoying. Um, any other like news? I don't think there was. Yeah, the car news. The released images of the Bronco Sport, which we talked about, the full-size Bronco. Um, Yes. We're going to have a Mitsubishi Montero situation here where they have two trucks with the same name, and they just call one of them a Sport. Yep. And it's smaller, which is going to make parts guys at Ford dealers mad for years to come because as both of us, being former Mitsubishi parts guys, used to hate the, is it a Montero or a Montero Sport? It's a Montero. And it turns out later on that it was a Montero Sport. So, um, the it's supposed to be like a Jeep Liberty fighter, I guess, or Patriot fighter. Yeah, that makes sense. They're spinning Bronco off into its own brand, so it's going to be like, you know, Jeep is a brand, and they're going to be, you know, Bronco is going to be the brand to compete with it. Yeah, it's not exciting at all. No, it's just another soulless CUV. Yeah, to to fill up. Uh, it's not really a void. It's just a another thing to go on the market, and people will buy it probably. I have the Bronco. Name. I have to assume that it'll kill the Escape. Yeah, maybe. I, it looks like an it looks like an updated Escape. Yeah, it's like an it's Escape like, Escape class vehicle. It's that size. It looks like. Yeah, it looks like they just uh, if you had a next gen Escape, 
and then put Bronco badges on it. Correct. It's part of Ford's. Ford's kind of like reinventing themselves right now with a Mustang SUV and coming back out with a new Bronco. And Yeah, so that's what I don't get. Why wouldn't you just make this electric thing that's an SUV a Bronco? A Bronco? Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. We have a whole episode about that. Yeah. With the Ford Lightning, you could just use that nameplate. I don't think for your electric vehicle. I don't think they could use that nameplate because that's uh, really stuck in the performance vehicle side of things. Mustangs weren't always performance. So it's Mustang. Yeah, but not always. You could buy a four-cylinder Mustang in the '80s. That was pretty pretty terrible. And the Mustang II was never known to be a super high-performance vehicle. There was always the um, base model Mustang, which was always not a performance vehicle, whereas the Lightning was a top-tier performance vehicle for Ford when it was the thing. So, Actually, speaking of top-tier Ford vehicles, the Ford Raptor has uh, officially has competition announced for it. From who? Dodge. I thought they already had that. The Rebel Ram? The Rebel thing? Ram is just a trim package. They're actually just announced in the past couple of days that they're going to have the TRX or oh. <laughs> or or T-Rex to compete against the Raptor. Uh, and it's going to be Hellcat powered. Whoa. Right. <laughs> so they're going to take the uh, Hellcat driveline. You know, this was a 707 horse, I think is the Hellcat. What? <laughs> and put it in a pickup truck. And they're going to call it the T-Rex or TRX uh, to compete against the Raptor. So... I, that's one thing I do really like about Dodge is that they're just bananas. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, all I know is that if Chevy doesn't the, do anything, all the Chevys are going to start to be known as like, I don't know, Brontosauruses or something boring because they're big, slow trucks compared to the competition's availability. Yeah, they're like, uh, you know, Dodge is like, oh, yeah, all that stuff that everybody else won't do. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hold my beer, car builders. Will we sell a almost 1,000 horsepower vehicle to the public? Yes. Will it require special training to drive it? No. Will anybody with a credit score over 600 be able to buy one? Yes. Excellent. Nothing bad can happen out of this. Can you get thrown out of street night at the drag strip because it doesn't have a cage? Yes. Yeah, I think you already can. I'm pretty sure. I lost you for a second there, Andrew. I don't know if you're still there. I thought I lost you for a second. I think we did lose no, we're you here. for a second. We're back. Uh, yes, you can be thrown out of Street Night of the Drag Strip with any Hellcat-powered vehicle, I'm pretty sure, because they don't have roll cages and they require them. Um, that's that's ridiculous, basically, yeah. is what that is. But anyway, yeah, so the TRX is coming out hopefully in about a year, they're saying. Um, so I can't wait to see the first videos of that thing jumping dunes and cracking in half when it lands. Much yep. like we saw with the Raptor when it first came out. It should be fun. So, All right. So speaking of super fast pickup trucks. Yeah. Speaking of what, pickup, what, what, did, what did you pick parties. up? Uh, I picked up a truck that I talked about on a couple episodes ago. It's existence, but I actually went and picked it up last weekend. Um, it comes with a name. As our audience knows, we don't normally name our vehicles. Um, but this one came with a name. So it has to have a name from now on. Uh, on the door in script, it said little lightning on the driver's door, like where you would put like your name. If you were one of those so inclined people to put your initials or your name on the door. 
this car says, or this truck says Lil Lightning, like L-I-L apostrophe Lightning. So I'm a little disappointed because in pictures, I thought that it was like hand painted on, like sign painted, but it's actually a vinyl sticker. Oh, weird. Right. So that vinyl sticker will go in the trash um, and it will be repainted on and probably minus the G. So it won't say Lil Lightning. It'll say Lil Lightning. And do you know what that's a callback to? No. Do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where Bart builds a soapbox derby car? I don't remember that one. Oh. What was that? Oh, he, In 1996? Probably, yes. <laughs> um, anyway, he builds a soapbox derby car, and the name of the soapbox derby car is Lil Lightning with no G on the end. Oh, okay. So I think it'll be neater to actually just change the name a little bit on the door when I hand paint it on later on. So... Now, touch. for those of you familiar with the Camden Tub podcast, that's where this truck first appeared. Yes, it did, actually. I think it was they were still actively podcasting when Bradley got the truck. So, yeah, but I, it was, I don't know, it was close to the end. So maybe maybe this is the, the truck that kills it. Well, let's hope it doesn't kill our podcast. <laughs> we just need to get uh, Adam on as a guest host, and that's how you kill podcasts. So, um, anyway, it's inside baseball right there. Um, so it's a 1978 Toyota pickup. That's the official name of the truck in the United States. In the rest of the world, uh, it would have been known as a Toyota Hilux, which is a, you know, contraction of two words, high and luxury, um, which it's not that by any means. But compared to the Toyota Stout that they replaced, they were pretty luxurious. Um, the Stout was more of an appliance, and the Hilux was sold as a truck that you could buy and just drive as your daily transportation. You know, it had working heat, it had, you know, vinyl upholstery, it had a radio. So it was a little fancier than the uh, Stout that it replaced. Uh, 1978 is actually the last year of that body style Hilux. 1980 became the, sorry, 1979 became the truck that you're pretty familiar with probably. Went from like 79 to 86. It's the one that everybody calls, you know, the first gen Toyota pickup, even though it's the third gen. I'm not sure why they call it the first gen, but it makes it difficult when searching for parts, I've learned pretty quickly. But um, so it's a little different than the common body style. Uh, it would have been sold as competition to like the Datsun. 620 pickup um, or the Chevy Love Isuzu P-Up um, or the Ford Courier and the Mazda B2000 was kind of the similar era of pickup truck. So it has that sim- same kind of standard Japanese looking bed on the back with the metal hooks that go down the sides and the metal hooks that latch the tailgate on left and right. Um, Don't forget a Mazda Repu. Well, yeah, the Repu was just the rotary engine version of the B2000, but yes, the Repu as well. Same style truck. Um, long, sh- shorter version of the story, the first half of the story, Bradley was taking a walk through his neighborhood with his wife, and he saw the truck with a tow sticker on it and inquired about it. Um, and the person who owned it was moving and couldn't take it with him, so Bradley became the owner of it flat towed it to his house like five years ago and it just kind of sat 
um, jokes on jokes about guys named Brad with cars sitting in their yards for years. So anyway, Bradley was now in the process of potentially selling his home and his realtor was like, hey, this truck has to go because you can't sell a house with a junk car in the backyard. So obviously all junk cars go to this Brad through some weird channel of life. Junk cars just happen to come my way. So I was looking at getting it. It's kind of far away because he lives about 800 miles away from me. So I was like, well, it wouldn't be too expensive to get a U-Haul trailer and tow it back. Or maybe I could just pay somebody to bring it down here. We'll see what we can do. So after putting a bid out on used ship to see what it cost, it was like $800 for that tow. So because obviously Utah to Phoenix is not, sorry, Nevada, excuse me, not Utah. Nevada to Phoenix is not a, uh, a common path, I guess. So it costs a little bit of money to do that. So I was like, you know what? We're going to rent a U-Haul. We're going to go get this thing. And then we'll hang out with Bradley and his wife for the evening and go get dinner or something and make a weekend out of it. So we did. Uh, big thanks to Naomi's brother, Chad, for letting us borrow his truck. And we rented a trailer and we hit the road and uh, did it over a weekend. So the truck is now here in Phoenix. It's uh, kind of this uneventful story picking it up. Nothing crazy. Um, just that Nevada is a weird state. And uh, when you're driving the back roads of Nevada, you pass everything from what I've now learned from you, Andrew, the famous clown motel. Uh, which is a scary looking place to stay to these little like art communities that have art cars parked out front. Um, And then obviously Nevada's most famous attraction, the legal brothels on the side of the highway. So it's an interesting drive for sure, but it was pretty uneventful for us. We just went up, went back, um, spent the night in Vegas on the way up because we left Friday after work, not like downtown Vegas, but like off the strip in a normal hotel. Because um, we didn't want to try to navigate the Vegas Strip or the Vegas Strip hotel parking lots in a car, truck with a trailer. So did that, got the truck back here. Uh, it's a neat truck. Um, it's kind of forlorn looking. I'm sure if you've seen our Instagram page or our Facebook page, you've seen it. Most people don't see the value in the truck. Um, but f- unfortunately, I do. And uh, I spent an evening cleaning it out. Haven't like cleaned it, cleaned it yet, but I cleaned all the spare parts out of it because the person who was going, the person who Bradley got the truck from was going to part it out because he didn't have time to take it with him or money to take it with him. So he started disassembling it. So like the cylinder head was kind of on the truck. The valve cover was off. All of the accessories on the engine were off. Um, The doors were taken apart. The fender was held on with zip ties on one side. It's missing the grill. Um, It was just kind of a mess. The HVAC controls were all taken out. Unfortunately, somebody actually took a Sawzall to the bottom of the dashboard to remove the HVAC controls, which is annoying, but at least they didn't actually remove the piece. They just cut a slit. So I can fix that because the dashboard is metal. Um, You just tack weld it and bodywork it and paint it. So it's all there after going through all the boxes. So it's a complete truck. The only parts that need to be bought are head bolts because they're one-time use, a front grill, the lower valance panel on the front, and uh, lenses all around. So turn signals, 
marker lights and tail lights. So, because somehow they all got broken over time. Not sure how that happened. That's such a weird thing to just take pieces off of it. But he left them all there at least. So I spent an evening earlier this week just kind of going through all the boxes of stuff to make sure it was enough to put the car together. Um, and there is. And then obviously I wanted to get everything cleaned out of the interior of it because I wanted to sit in it and make sure I actually fit in it because it's a very small truck. So I didn't know if I could be comfortable sitting in it. <laughs> it's a, you know, a standard cab, tiny little 1978 Toyota pickup. It is a long bed, so it's got a little space in the back. And it is a five-speed, which is actually fairly rare because most of them are four-speeds. So so when are you starting your um, landscaping business? Never, but thank you. I appreciate you know what this truck is used for. Yeah, it's a Phoenix landscape truck. Now, there's, there's a big difference between a Phoenix landscape truck and the vision I have for this vehicle. So, And most of that comes down to tires and wheels and stance. So once you put the right tires and wheels on a vehicle, it kind of turns it around a little bit. So the truck has a pretty typical Southwest patina. You know, the paint is 100% burnt off the roof. Um, and on the sides, it's faded in different ways. Um, it's got a neat little factory pinstripe down the side of it, like a one inch wide, one and a half inch wide stripe. Um, it's, it's a neat looking truck. And I honestly, I wish I got involved with old Toyotas a long time ago. Because oh, yeah? unlike what we're used to, Toyotas have parts available. It's because people are into Toyotas. Yeah, like I can buy things. So I was a little nervous about the lights and whatnot. Um, and I went on eBay and they still make taillight lenses for the truck. And they're $35 a pair. Well, it's because the lights, the trucks are still running all over the world. Yeah, it's crazy. So the taillight lenses are $35 for a pair, $38 for a pair, whatever they were. Are they from like Lithuania or somewhere? Like Indonesia. <laughs> yeah, they are, but that's fine. Um, quarter marker lights are like $4 a piece. The front valance panel, the sheet metal part, is available brand spanking new. So that's neat. Um, the only part that I'm going to have to... And the grill, they still make a brand new grill for it. So the only part that I'm going to have to search in the junkyards out here somewhere is probably going to be a hood. It looks like at some point the hood blew up because it wasn't latched right and kind of bent it in a million different ways. So it's it's beyond the point of being probably usable. So I do need to find a hood for it. So, I mean, it'll be a neat little truck when it's done. The engine's free. I pulled the head off. The cylinder wall's in great shape. You know, I put it in every gear and it goes into every gear. You know, I, we, we roll it down a hill and I tap in the brakes and the brakes work. So it's not that far from being from being done. It's... It's going to need a little bit of love here and there, but I think once I have the cylinder head bolts and I can bolt the head down and, you know, retime it and put the top end back together, I don't see why it won't run. So then once that happens, the plans are pretty simple. Just, uh, you know, a mild lowering, some wide steel wheels with, you know, paint, probably painted white and clean the interior up. Maybe do, you know, Mexican blanket style seat and door panels. And, uh, and call it a day. It'll be a neat little runaround parts grabber truck. Or maybe we'll move it along and move on to something else. Truck knows, for, uh... I'm pretty excited to get it together. So it's not it's not a bad vehicle. It's gonna be it's gonna be neat. So I know you want to uh, drive it to Bonneville, which would be a very hot weekend 
if we did that. Yeah, I don't know. It just like when I knew that Bradley was giving it away, I was like, oh, man, I should go out there, fix it, drive to Bonneville, but just never got around to that. Oh, we still can. Maybe we'll see if I can retrofit some AC in it and make it a little a little more bearable. Oh, I also found, obviously, this is less important and for you know the future, but as a company that makes, you know how the Japanese cars in Japan and Australia all have the Venetian blinds in the back window? They're like yes. movers in the inside. They make yeah. those. They make them for this truck. You'll want those. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy those definitely because it'll keep the sun off the back of your head. Yes, it'll keep my neck from burning. Plus, they also look really neat. So I'm just picturing the truck with the patina blue paint, bright white wheels, a nice lowered stance, a cleaned up interior, <clears throat> um, with you know a custom steering wheel, custom shift knob, and the louvers in the back window. And I think it'd be a really neat looking truck. And I don't think it'll be confused for a landscaper truck anymore. You can call it a landscaper truck all you want, but I don't think it'll look like that at least. Whatever, I'll embrace it. I'll put a lawnmower in the back and leave it there forever. I don't care. It's fine. Be like the, there's a uh, Southern California drag truck that's built on a Mazda B2200 from the 80s. And uh, their wing mounts in the in the back of the drag truck actually are attached to a lawnmower, so it looks like a landscaping truck. So yeah. I can go with that aesthetic, I guess. It's fine. I'll deal with it. I'll live with it. But yeah, so Lil Lightning is uh, it's coming along a little at a time. I don't know if I'll have it running. Probably not this weekend. It depends if the head bolts come in in time. Um, but other than that, there's nothing really holding it back to just putting it together. So. I don't think it'll be long before it's running. I gave myself uh, a two to four week maximum. And if I don't have the truck up and running, I'm going to get rid of it because this is, this is my new, um, my new like plan. Like I need to work on things. I need to get them done. I need to let them sit. I can't have the same issue I had for the past, you know, 10 years of my life of stacking projects. I just need to get them in, get them done and either keep them or move them on or get rid of them if I don't work on them because I just, I can't do that. So unless it's known to be a long-term project, which this is not, I think as long as it's running and driving, you know, before the month is out, I'll be, I'll be happy. So, and if not, everybody hold me to this, I'll get rid of it. So. All right. So if you want to sabotage me, come sabotage me. Maybe you can get it for free later on. No. Because <laughs> that would require me coming out there. So hey, Flights are real cheap right now. They are, but I also don't want to fly. I get no problem flying. It's fine. Not worried about it. Anyway, yeah, so I'm excited about the truck. Um, I think it's going to be a fun project, and I think it'll be a neat runabout around here to go to shows with um, and also move stuff around with because... I don't know, need to have a little pickup truck. You know, we're in the process of, uh, the early processes of house shopping, so it'll be nice to have a little pickup truck around to do, like, Home Depot runs and whatnot with. So. Yeah, hey, Brad, you get the pickup truck? Can you help me move? No, because it's a tiny little four-cylinder pickup truck. and doesn't. Uh, it's, a long way. it's a long wheel bed. A long wheel bed. Long wheel bed. <laughs> yep, long wheel bed. Yeah. It's late there, I, I understand. One of them long wheel bed trucks. So that's that's the only uh, good news project I have. Um, I did come home 
from work today to Naomi saying she'd spent the past 20 minutes outside because I had a toe sticker on my Eclipse. Oh, yeah? Apparently, the tow company here, um, hired by the apartment complex, drives around the parking lot and looks for violations. Okay. And my car had a low tire. And apparently, even though the car was parked in our covered spot, our assigned spot, um, because the tire was low, the tow company put an orange tow sticker on the window and said to have it taken care of by Monday or they're towing the car away. Wow. Yeah. Which seems kind of flagrantly uh, exploited. It's not like it's in an open spot, like it's taking somebody else's spot. It's in the covered, assigned parking spot, and they put a sticker on it and said, well, get the tire fixed by Monday or you're getting towed. So, er, annoying. So Naomi, nicely enough, before I got home from work, was out there putting air in the tire because she didn't want it to get towed. Even though it says Monday, I don't trust those tow companies. Well, it seems really uh, exploitive. Oh, of course it is. And that's how tow companies like, roll. Like, how low was it? I mean, it was pretty flat. The car hasn't moved in a couple of weeks. And the tire, the wheel is cracked a little bit. So it has a little bit of a leak. Um, and it loses probably you know a pound a day. So it probably had... I don't know. Definitely less than 10 pounds in it. So it's definitely low. But that's such a weird that's such a weird thing to me. It's annoying because it's not like again, it's not an abandoned car. I know I know of this cars in the, in the yard out here in the open parking spots that haven't moved since before I lived here. There's this one particular white Acura RL or TL, whatever it is, one of the sedans that literally has not moved in 8 months. And you can tell because it's covered in dirt all around it. The dirt from whenever it rains, like goes around the wheels on the, on the ground. You can tell it hasn't moved and it has, it's been in a, a prime parking spot for eight months, but it doesn't have flat tires and it's got a current registration. So nobody tows it away, but it literally has not moved. So, and my car sits there. It's clean. It's not like broken in pieces. It's a running driving car. It gets used at almost almost once a week for sure, but usually at least every week and a half. So it's not you know it's not a daily driver, but it's it's not always there either. But it's just annoying that something like that could cause them to tow your car from your legal parking spot. Yeah, that's like uh, it's just real. It's like really annoying. Yeah, it's super annoying. <laughs> I'd be even more annoyed if they just towed it and didn't put a sticker on it. But, like, you know, I had no idea there was a sticker on it because it's over the other side of the building and I don't walk past it every day. So, if they put that sticker on there on a Wednesday and said we're towing it on a Friday, I may not have seen it and the car just would have been gone. So, and the, so actually, weird. the only reason we knew about it was because our neighbor who parks next to us came knocking the door and was like, hey, there's a tow sticker on your car. So, thank goodness for him because. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, it's the weekend. I more than likely will go out and use it tomorrow. So I would have noticed it, but who knows? Maybe I wouldn't. You know, I'm going off-roading tomorrow. So maybe I wouldn't have even gone to the car. I just taking the Volkswagen in the morning and not even thought about it. So whatever. Weird. Yeah. Annoying, but weird. But the other, and I, I can, there's another eclipse in the parking lot here. 
a third gen neon green with yeah. 20s and a huge wing on the back and it hasn't moved in six months and it has two flat tires and it's never had a sticker on it. But weird. Yeah. Where are you going off-roading? I'm not sure exactly where it is. Um, somewhere down here in Arizona. Um, going. With- oh, obviously. I thought you were going to like Maine uh, or something. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure exactly where we're going. Um, I'm going with uh, Ron and his FJ. So okay, it's been raining here for like three days, so it's more like northeast off-roading, where it's a lot of mud and water. So it should be a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All right, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap this up because it's doing some weird stuff. I don't want to get too long in the recording. Okay. Um. So, unfortunately, uh, due to uh, things that are out of everyone's control. Yeah. Uh, Radwood is uh, temporarily furloughed, canceled. It's postponed. Uh, yes. Postponed um, until further notice. All Radwood shows. Uh, they've announced that. Uh, our, the other show you have on here, Malay's Days, I have no idea. If yeah, that's there's, still going there's some grumblings and rumors, so... I would just check with any organizers before you go to an event. Um, as far as I know, our Cars and Coffee uh, is still scheduled April 19th. Yeah, hopefully by April 19th, this thing is mostly behind us. And that will and be... And it's, uh, like, it's not like close quarters at a Cars and Coffee. Right. I think that's the real... Uh, the real issue is they don't want people in super close quarters. So I guess if you're in a parking lot and you... You know, arm's length away is is pretty good. Don't well, it's, obviously it's if you're quarters. sick, don't go. Yeah, it's it's close quarters and crowd size is the issue. Yeah, so I think we'll we'll probably be we'll talk to Maylin, but I think I think she'll be okay with cars and coffee. But if yep. anything, we'll keep an eye on that page. If you're local and you want to go there, um, around that time, I'll probably want to go get coffee with someone anyways, because I want to go for a drive. <laughs> it's been kind of warm here and nice, and I just haven't had a chance to take one of the cars out. So, um, so far so good. We're, uh, we kind of skirted through winter, but, uh, you know, March could go, could go either way. Like, yeah. Either way in like a lamb, out like a lion or otherwise. Like I said, there's been big snowstorms in, uh, April before. So, Shut up, Siri. Yeah, good job, Andrew. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, what word I triggered to like make it turn on? One more reason not to have an apple. Okay, Google. Well, hey, I'm, Google. Hey, listen, I'm wearing headphones. Hey, Google. I'm wearing headphones, so it's not going to do anything. <laughs> this is quietly right. sitting here on the table. Um. So yeah. As always, uh, find us on Facebook, Odd Off Topic Podcast. Oh, I shared a, a video of frost heaves that we've probably talked about on the on the podcast. Yeah, we before. De- definitely have. Yes, um, you can actually see like like some really ridiculously bad frost heaves. Yeah, so the cars catch uh, air. Yeah, yeah, because they put up or they try to put up signs where they know they are, but if you miss those signs, you're just cruising along this back road in New Hampshire. And all of a sudden you're like jumping in the air. Well, most of them aren't as bad as that one either. So usually you can go over them at 30, 40 miles an hour without 
actually leaving the pavement. Uh, there'll there'll be like a little yump sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. This this is just a series of them that just upsets the cars tremendously. Quite entertaining. Yep. Um, follow us on Facebook. Auto off topic podcast. I already said that. Auto off topic on Instagram. You can see pictures of little lightning. Um, and uh, follow me on Instagram. Raced in anger. And Brad, where can they find you? Uh, TSISS350. All right, great. So keep cars analog and aim for the roses. Yeah.